7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. It's Friday. The pick on the Broncos, Lions. So right now, very much up in the air whether P.J. Locke is going to play. He was limited to practice yesterday with the neck injury. You know, Nick Benito was out. Greg Dolchich, that's not going to happen. Now looks like foot issues along with the hamstring problem again for Greg Dolchich. So Lucas Kroll has been moved up to the active roster. They they had to now promote him to the 53-man roster because it's the third time they've called him up. And so they had to release outside backup, outside linebacker Ronnie Perkins. But they're hoping to get Dolchich back. Didn't happen. Maybe Lucas Kroll will play a big role for the Broncos. Had a big catch against the Chargers last Sunday. Got to hope that the Lions tied in. The other tight end, Sam Laporta, does not have a big game against the Broncos. Tight ends have been known to do that against Denver over the years. Yeah, what's that all about? <laughs> Denver's just had problems with it. And part of that's Travis Kelsey being in that division. That doesn't help. It does not help at all. So uh, we got some predictions on Broncos Lions. Who has the who's in a must win game tomorrow? I saw this. I'm, I'm going to steal this from NFL Network. Of teams playing tomorrow, who's in a must win? A lot of feeling is that the Steelers, yeah, are in a must win situation. Broncos are not, but it would be damaging to their chances if they do lose tomorrow in Detroit against the Lions. Certainly, it's not for the Lions. Right. They're, but they're, they've lost some ground when it comes to the division, but they still lead the NFC North. So you got Vikings-Bengals tomorrow, Steelers-Colts, and then the Broncos and the Lions. Bengals with Jake Browning have managed to keep the boat afloat. Vikings are still very much in the playoff conversation. The Colts as well. See, and for the Bengals, I don't want to say must win because, you know, you don't have Joe Burrow. You're not going to have him for the rest of the year. You're not going to have him for the playoffs if you get that far. But Jake Browning has played well. Yes. He's been really good for them. So if you're the franchise of the Bengals, you know, ownership and, and management, do you go, okay, well, it's, it's good for us to get to the playoffs with Jake Browning, but do we want to do that knowing that our superstar quarterback, Joe Burrow, was not the reason for it? You know, what's kind of the optics of that, right? Sure. Because right now... Steelers-Colts, and that game is at, at Lucas Oil, by the way, that both those teams, if the playoffs started today, both the Steelers and Colts would be in. They'd be the, they'd be the last two teams in. Steelers have the sixth seed right now. The Colts have the seventh seed. Both are seven and six. You've got the Texans, where it's very much up in the air whether C.J. Stroud's going to play. I've heard weekend. I've heard leaning towards unlikely. Not gonna play this weekend. 
you got the Texans at seven and six, the Broncos at seven and six, the Bengals are at seven and six, and the Bills are seven and six. Raiders, after just absolutely curb stomping, dismantling the Ugh, Chargers last night. That was rough. They're six and eight. They're they're still in that conversation. For the Bengals, important to win. Likewise, the Broncos wouldn't be absolutely devastating if they lose, but it would be extremely damaging. Boy, it just feels like right now the Steelers with Trubisky not playing well. Yeah. That's a familiar refrain. Hmm. It it feels like it is a must win tomorrow for the Steelers. It does. It feels like that their their playoff hopes are right now in serious jeopardy with without having I mean not not that Kenny Pickett was lighting the world on fire prior to the injury and the ankle injury and now being shut down for the season. But they've got the Colts tomorrow in Indy. They're home against the Bengals. That that's a pivotal game for both of those teams. They go to Seattle and then they they wrap it up with a road game to Baltimore. It's, that's that's not an easy schedule. It really feels like they're in a position where they have to win. They have to win tomorrow. So tomorrow, just for the the Colts, home against the Steelers, on the road against the Falcons, who are in the playoff conversation, home against the Raiders, and then home against the Texans. So they've they've got three of their final four games at home, which is huge for Gardner Minshew and, and and the scrappy Colts. Those are winnable games there, though. They're, the Falcons on the road. Falcons are very up and down the season. Raiders are starting to surge, but you got them at home. And you got the Texans at home. So it just it feels like I tend to agree with those that say tomorrow's kind of a must-win for the Steelers. I, I totally agree because I think, like you said, it's, it's the combination of their quarterback play their schedule. The good news is TJ Watt has cleared concussion protocol. So it seems like he is going to be able to go. I think unless, unless I've misread the crawl, but I believe I saw that TJ Watt was good to go. And for the Broncos, your pick also, we'll have our picks coming up later on nine twenty this morning. Also, Chris Marlowe, uh, Calls the Nuggets on Altitude TV. Chris Marlowe is going to join us at nine forty this morning. But your your thoughts on on well, can the Broncos go in there and win tomorrow against Detroit, a team whose defense is taking some steps backwards? And you know, Aiden Hutchinson, they're a talented defensive end. Uh, says we're, you know, we're going to get back on track. Let's hope that's not this week. Uh, it's not tomorrow against the Broncos. Rest of the year, sure, fine. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Like the, like the Lions, like like Dan Campbell is fighting knee biters, just not tomorrow. So, X Factor for the Broncos. Who is that player? I'll give you some time to marinate hmm. that question. Let it sit in the crock pot for a little bit and think about it. And also, with, with the games left, what do you think the Broncos' final record will be? Oof. What do you think their final record will be when it's all said and done? When we're 
through with the regular season. Denver with the four games left, including tomorrow. Once again, to remind you, at the Lions tomorrow, home against the Pats, home against the Chargers, on the road against the Raiders. It sets up pretty nice for Denver, to be quite honest. It does. The Raider game will be a challenge because the Raiders are they're, playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, they're they're you don't win 63-21 if you're not playing with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the Chargers just just feel feel like they're done. And it wasn't like Easton Stick cost them that game last night entirely either. He three touchdowns and a pick. He didn't play. He didn't play bad. If you look at the numbers, he fumbled the football and a four hundred pound lineman scored a touchdown on him. Yeah, but they scored sixty three <laughs> points though. I, they scored sixty three <laughs> points, man. I know, but that one play. Does, he threw for two fifty seven, three touchdowns and a pick. Those are not terrible numbers for a guy. I believe making his first career start. But that pick was, number one, the most crazy Spider-Man looking pick I've ever seen. Yeah. And number two, it was returned for a touchdown. So it's... He didn't help, <laughs> but he also... Yeah, it's, that's, that's 14 points that he gave up. What about the rest of it? For a guy making his first ever start. I'm just saying that you, you can't expect perfection there. Yeah, those didn't help. Two turnovers that lead to scores. I, I get that. And the Chargers, I think, had like, what, four or five total fumbles that whole night. And but, that's... You, but you laid down and died last night if you're the L.A. Chargers. That's a team that is not p- fighting for, for Brandon Staley to stay around. The fact that Brandon Staley, and I get it, it's 6 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. So maybe, you know, maybe he's just now getting the text message and it hasn't broken yet. But... The fact that Brandon Staley still has employment this morning with the Chargers is nothing short of ridiculous. Nathaniel Hackett was fired for for less <laughs> after after giving up yeah. fifty to the Rams. You know it. Yeah, we we all sort of knew that Brandon Staley was kind of dead man walking with his job this week. This, especially after that, uh, you know, after the Broncos game, we were going, ooh, 24-7. That's kind of a, oof, that's not a good look for Brandon Staley. No, just wait till Thursday rolled around. Yeah, wait till Thursday <laughs> yeah. when your other AFC West rival just absolutely boat races you out of town. And like like say about Easton Stick though was not perfect contributed to the loss no doubt but when you're asking a guy to make his first career start and you have the mistakes around him that happen too it's tough to win he's not gonna play, he's not gonna play perfect football two fifty seven three touchdowns okay I mean it's not not great but that speaks to the team when you give up sixty three that speaks to Hey, that was a, that's a team effort to make that happen. Yeah. I'm not trying to be an Easton Stick apologist here. I just <laughs> say they're, that, that's a team that looked like they were done on Sunday. You, you're, you're not going to turn this into another uh, Steve DeBerg? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I love Steve DeBerg. Elway no. was awful. 
number one, he doesn't play for the Broncos, so I don't really care that much. Fair enough. But but before there was Trey Lance at North Dakota State, it was Easton Stick. It was your big-time bison quarterback prospect for the NFL. All right, 7-12. Well, and before that, of course, Carson Wentz, but... I think Carson Wentz, yeah, would have been would have been before. Yeah, would have been before. Is yeah, Carson Wentz, Easton Stick, and then Trey Lance. Thank you for mentioning. I forgot about Carson Wentz because everybody else has. <laughs> the NFL has yeah. collectively the forgot like, about Carson Wentz. He's still around. You're like that guy still wants a job. I'm and with all that. the quarterback injuries that have been going on this year, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but also not surprised that no one signed him. He's with the Rams right now. Oh, that's right. I forgot he was with the Rams. I had to, I had to look at like. I thought he was in the league back in the league. It's like, yeah, he's he's with the Rams right now. I'm kind of surprised like the Vikings haven't made a move to try to get him. I know that the trade deadline has already passed up, but he was floating around out there. Could've, he was. But then again, I think Kirk Cousins was healthy bef- when Wentz was out there probably available too. All right, 713. So uh, Don Baver, uh, Palisade Girls basketball coach, will join us. Uh, Palisade Girls in Don's second year, they're playing some great basketball last night uh, and the season. They're six and one. Uh, they opened up uh, with a victory at the uh, Palisade Winter Classic last night. So we'll have our conversation with him. Also, uh, Chris Marlowe calls the Nuggets for altitude at nine forty this morning. All right, seven thirteen. X factor in tomorrow's game. Who's in a must-win situation tomorrow? What do you think the Broncos' record will look like uh, when the regular season wraps up? You can text or call us. Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Jim and Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. It's time for... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, improving your surveillance, also a new business phone system as well. They've helped us with some of those things here at the radio station. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. Dot com. All right, uh, lead things off with the Denver Nuggets getting the victory last night over the Brooklyn Nets at the Ball Arena. And it wasn't just any other, any old victory for the Nuggets last night. Oh, no. Nuggets star Nikola Jokic led Denver to a win and made history Thursday night in Denver's 124-101 to home win over Brooklyn. Jokic scored 26 points, grabbed 15 rebounds, and had 10 assists to pick up his 10th triple-double the season. By doing that, he becomes the first player in NBA history to have 10 or more triple-doubles in seven consecutive seasons. Here's Jokic after the game. It was just one of those games. We, we Our defense was amazing uh, first half. I think they scored 30-something points. Uh, even in the third quarter, uh, we were playing good. Uh, so I think defense won us the game today. So it was it was good It was good uh, to, 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 to have a win like this. Young bench players are getting better every game. Now, three games in a row, they've scored more than the previous game. Do you see it coming together? I mean, of course, yes. They never played together. They need experience. They need the time to play together. They, they, I think they're just going to be better and better every, uh, with every game. You're 17-9 and nine now. You're ahead of last year's pace. Do you like where you are at this point in the season? Yes, I th- but I think we still have a, uh, like a space to improve. I still, we, we still not on, on, on the right focus sometimes, but um, the record is good. We're winning games, so oh, probably it's good. Pool day tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, I wish. I wish. All right, there's uh, Nikola Jokic with Vic, uh, Vic Lombardi from Altitude. 
Nuggets are now 9-1 and one at Ball Arena after the win last night. Broncos will head to Detroit, possibly shorthanded when they face the Lions tomorrow. Edge rusher Nick Benito won't play due to a knee injury, and safety P.J. Locke is questionable with a neck injury. Locke was limited to practice Thursday. DeLarian Turner-Yell would start next to Justin Simmons if Locke can't go. Simmons says that Denver D must stop the Lions' rushing attack of Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. They have a, a plethora of weapons, but uh, their run game is really explosive. And, um, you know, first things for us, if you, you know, we can't find a way to generate ways to stop the run, um, you know, we're going to stand no chance in, in the pass game. Broncos hope the tight end Greg Dolchich would be ready to go, but he's been listed out with a hamstring and foot problem. Tied in Lucas Kroll has been promoted to the 53-man roster after the Broncos released backup linebacker Ronnie Perkins. Catch the Broncos in Detroit tomorrow on the Team Sports Network with pregame at 4 o'clock for that one from Ford Field in Detroit. Last night, we talked about a little bit Thursday night football. It was an absolute uh, boat racing last night. The Las Vegas Raiders scoring the most points in franchise history, hammering the L.A. Chargers last night that AFC West showdown. Showdown, question mark. Uh, 63-21 to 21 as Aiden O'Connell threw for four touchdowns last night in the victory as the uh, Raiders improved to 6-8. and eight. Chargers dropped to 5-9. and nine. And yes, Brandon Staley, as the moment, is still employed as Somehow. the Chargers head coach. Uh, the first day of the 43rd Warrior Classic Wrestling Tournament gets underway this morning at 10 o'clock at Central High School. Next to the state tournament, the Warriors, the toughest tournament in the state, with teams from all classifications coming in, along with defending champion UNA Utah. Central coach Clint Trujillo says UNA is the favorite, but others will challenge them for the team title. Mika has all those tough up, upper weights that, you know, they're all real solid. They'll probably make some noise. Um, CDH has a few boys that are definitely going to be up there. Uh, Brush coming over, you know, really solid. Uh, we added a few new teams like uh, Combine, Falcon, Conifer, and a few other teams like that. And Of the local teams, Fruit of Monument's expected to be in the mix for the team championship. Local wrestlers got some work in Thursday before the start of the Warrior Classic with Fruto Monument defeating North Severe Utah 69 nothing on the, their duel. The Wildcats had eight pins in the win. Palisade defeated Grand Junction 52 to 43, and the Tigers also lost to Mountain Vista 45 to 36. Daniel Thomas and Max Orchard each scored 19 points apiece as the Fruto Monument boys basketball team moves to 7 and 0 after their 74 to 29 win over Delta in the first night of the Palisade Winter Classic tournament. The Panthers fall to one and three. A Tucker Johnson scoring 15 points for Delta. Central lost to Silver Creek 53 41 at the Winter Classic. The Warriors' Cam Redding scored eight points. The Central drops to three and four. Grand Junction is five and two after they picked up a 43-42 victory over Meade at the Winter Classic. Host Palisade defeated Montezuma Cortez 78-63 to open up tournament play. The four and three Bulldogs face Grand Junction tonight at 7.30 in tournament play. Montrose is seven and zero after knocking off Eagle Valley 50-38. The Red Hawks' Caleb Ferguson dropped in 15 in that win. Montrose, by the way, not playing at the Palisade tournament. Uh, the Palisade girls' basketball team Opened up play at the Winter Classic Tournament with a win over Grand Junction on Thursday. Bulldogs moved to 6-1 and one with their 61-45 to 45 victory over the Tigers. Palisades' Chloe Simon scored 20 points with teammates Addie Ritterbush and Maddie Baver each adding 12 points each. Grand Junction's Norea Sills scoring 16 as the Tigers slipped to 2-4. and four. Central falls to 1-5 and five after they lost to Devlin 52-43 to 43 at the Winter Classic. Warriors' Christina Manzanera scored 18 points and hit four three-pointers in the loss. Fruit of Monument 6-0 after beating Silver Creek 66-26 with Addison Ayer scoring 18 points to the Wildcats. Delta girls fall 0-4 after they lost to Silver Creek 53-50 at the Winter Classic. Uh, elsewhere, the Montrose girls are 6-1 after they defeated Rifle 51-20 at the Basalt Tournament. The uh, Red uh, the Red Hawks, Macy Oberg, scored 18 points in the victory. And today on the team, Colorado basketball, final RMAC games of the 2023 schedule. 
As the Mavericks head into the winter break, they'll play at Adams State today. Women's pregame at 3.15. They'll tip it off at 3.30. The men at 5.30 tonight. Brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. It's going to be a good one. Should be a good one. Uh, both women's teams are playing well right now. Very competitive. And the Maverick men always seem to have a challenge when they go down to take on the Grizzlies at Plackey Hall in Alamosa. And that's a look at... What's happening? And it's brought to you by our friends over at ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help or a new business phone system, call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to ComWestCorp.com. Coming up next, Palisade girls basketball coach Don Baber joins us on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking Palisade girls basketball with Coach Don Baver on the team. And Don Baver's brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison call. This team of licensed professionals and 970-241-0078. His team is 6-1, and one, coming off the win over Grand Junction last night at the Palisade Winter Classic. Don Baver joins us. Good morning, Don. Happy holidays. Thanks for coming on this morning. Happy holidays to you guys. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, and it's a happier holiday for you than maybe last year. Uh, your team's just one win away from oh, and matching your entire win total from last season. 6-1 and one start. Uh, Grand Junction's improved quite a bit in Sydney Brandon's second year with the Tigers, but uh, your team in your second year has really improved a bunch. Uh, six and one record right now. Uh, you got to love the way your, your girls are playing uh, with that victory over Grand Junction last night. Yes, we're definitely pleased with where we're at right now and continue progress. Like we're averaging nearly 30 boards a game. That's about five up from last year. And at the same time, we're also averaging more assists. So we're really sharing the ball well as a team probably around 15 assists per game. I think we had 22 last night. So I'm really impressed with our girls on that at end of the court. And it sounds like, Don, looking at the numbers defensively, you have to like what you're seeing from, from that end of the floor as well. Definitely. So I think we came out a little flat in that third quarter last night. I think we gave up about 16 points to kind of let Sydney's team back in that a little bit. So she is doing a great job over there at Junction, and you definitely can see some improvement. But our goal is kind of to keep teams under 10 points a quarter, and for the most part, we've been doing that this year. Don Baver, coach of Palisade girls basketball team with us. Chloe Simons, big game last night, 20 points. And, and Addie Ritterbush uh, with 12 points. And, and a familiar name, Maddie Baver, uh, your daughter, 12 points last night. Uh, Maddie's just a freshman, so uh, already as a freshman, making uh, some major contributions to this uh, this team at the varsity level. Yeah, those are some key players for us. Uh, that was like the first uh, game last night for Addie. She really kind of stepped up, kind of took the ball to the hole. And Chloe with 20 points, just really impressive. And um, also her assists are way up. And Maddie, she's holding her own for a freshman. I could just tell last night, like on the drive into work, she was a little nervous. And pregame, she was nervous. But once she saw that ball go through the hole, and she uses her athletic and uh, speed, and um, she got into the groove of the game last night. From year one to year two, it, it just sounds like, Don, that, that your players have, have bought into what you're trying to do, the concepts that you're trying to teach them. And that it, it sometimes it just takes time for a team to, to to learn how a coach wants an offense ran, what he wants to do on on inbound plays and a variety of things. And it sounds like your team has really figured some things out in year two. I definitely agree with that. We talked about that after the game last night. That our systems are in place, and now we can start fine tuning things. Like that first year, you're working on fundamentals, you're getting the girls caught up to speed, you're putting in new systems. Year two, we can start fine tuning things and cart. Start adding layers to our offense and defense. 
You have Chloe Simons, who had the 20 points last night. She's leading your leading score at 16 per game. She's also averaging just over six rebounds per contest. Another player, it's a junior, though. Chloe's a senior, but uh, you also have Delaney Wright, that's the junior, that's uh, just under seven points per game, but she's uh, pulling down six boards a contest. She's made some some strong contributions here early on as well. Yeah, she played a lot of JV for us last year, and this year she's really stepped up to be our uh, number five and just kind of bangs those boards. She got in some foul trouble last night, so that's why we kind of had to resort to Maddie on the court a little bit more because we kind of switched those girls in and out. But I think Delaney had 15 in the game against Rifle earlier this year, so she's definitely capable on the offensive end as well. But defensively, like you said, she gets after it on the glass. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team with us. They're off to a 6-1 and one start coming off the win over Grand Junction last night. 6 o'clock tonight, you get Mead. They're 5-1, and one, and it's a Mead basketball team that uh, has Darby Haley, who's uh, leading the way from them. Uh, she's been their, their top scorer this season. What have you heard about this or had a chance to watch Mead at all uh, leading up to this game tonight, Don? Yeah, we definitely watched some film on them. They're quick. Uh, they're all like right around 5'8", five, 5'10". Five, they get up and down the floor. They're probably going to put some pressure on us. A press break's going to need to look good tonight, but... Like you said, Darby, she's averaging, you know, around 14 a game. So they're going to be a handful, and they got some confidence coming in at 5-1. and one. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade girls basketball team with us. And, and Don, a, a chance to, to get a lot of quality competition in at home on your home floor with the Palisade Winter Classic, a bracketed tournament. We'll have a crown of champion coming up tomorrow, and you're hoping to have that opportunity to, to win a, a Winter Classic title on your home floor. It has to be a, a, a real blessing to be able to have a quality competition come to your place and, and get uh, three days of basketball in. You couldn't say it any better, man. The boys and the girls' side are both stacked. So we still got on that winner's side right now ourselves. We got Mead, and you got Evelyn and Fruta. And I watched both those other teams yesterday, and they're both legitimate contenders to win, you know, over the weekend. And our Palisade boys got the win last night, so um, they'll go against Junction tonight. So if you got a chance, definitely come out and watch the girls and stick around and watch the boys because – there's some great teams playing this year. All right, so you can go to uh, the palisadesports.com to get the complete schedule for both the boys and girls uh, tournaments going on at the Palisade Winter Classic Basketball Tournament. Don, I always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, and, and best of luck against me tonight. I appreciate you guys. Happy holidays. You too. Take care. Don Baver, coach of the Palisade Girls Basketball Team, like we were saying, a, definitely a, a big improvement on both sides there, both ends of the floor for uh, the Palisade Girls off to a 6-1 and one start this season. All right, 7.30, Jim along with Cake today. How do you think the Broncos will finish up with four games left in the regular season? Predictions on tomorrow, X-Factor. Who's in a must-win game tomorrow with the three games that are uh, going on tomorrow? And, uh, by the way, we will have uh, coverage of the Broncos at 4 o'clock tomorrow, but also that first game of the day, uh, pregame at 10.30, kickoff at 11, the Vikings at Cincinnati. So uh, we will have that game for you tomorrow morning here on the team. And then at 4 o'clock, bring you, of course, uh, countdown to kickoff Broncos at Detroit to take on the Lions tomorrow night with Dave Logan, Rick, Lew- Rick Lewis, and Susie Wurgen from Ford Field uh, coming up tomorrow. You know, and we talk about this, the Broncos' last four games. I could see them winning two of their next four. I could see them winning three of their next four. And, you know, God willing, I could see them winning four straight. I think Detroit's going to be the, the one of the two tough ones. The Raiders game is going to be the other tough one because, number one, you've already lost to them once this season, which I 
you know, they shouldn't have, but whatever. And number two, they're playing with a huge chip on their shoulder. And I think they've really rallied around Antonio Pierce. And I think Mark Davis... Don't is, screw it up like Rich Bisacci last time where you didn't hire him when that team got the playoffs the way he coached that team. Yeah. Don't, I, don't, I don't think Mark Davis will screw it up this time. But well, let us hope he does. I was going to say, for, for Broncos fans, you hope he screws it up. And you know what? The track record would tell you that he might, right? Because he's the one who hired Josh McDaniels in the first place. He's the one who hired John Gruden in the first place. And, you know, I don't think Gruden and McDaniels' coaching styles are necessarily that similar. But when you have those kinds of coaches that have just the biggest egos you can imagine and players don't respond to that anymore, it becomes awfully difficult to justify when, you, when you've already had this happen, right? Let's say the Raiders somehow or rather fight their way into a playoff spot again with Antonio Pierce as their interim head coach. If this happens again and Mark Davis says, hey, Antonio, thanks for all your help this season, but we're going to move on. You know, we're going to hire the, you know, we're, we're, we're going to hire like uh, Bill O'Brien or something, you know, another former Patriots offensive coordinator. Or some other, you know, franchise ruiner, guyer. <laughs> you know, then you just, at that point, if you're a Raiders fan, you just have to laugh. Because you're just like, what, what is it going to take for this guy to understand? Like, no. Nah. So, I don't know. I think, I think the Broncos will definitely beat the Patriots. Patriots are just not good this year. They'll be at the Chargers again because that one's in Denver and L.A. just looks like they're just mudding through water at this point. Raiders will be tough and Detroit will be tough because Detroit, you know, they want to try to get back on the winning side of things and, and get back to where they were earlier in the season. I think a fair expectation is two and two the rest of the way. And if that's enough to get them into the playoffs, I'll be okay with that. All right. Fair enough. I, I don't know how to feel about tomorrow. I, I feel like the Lions defensively, have, they've taken some steps back in recent weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I am concerned about Gibbs and, and Montgomery and that running game. Can the, can the Broncos make that happen? Jared Goff is a, a pretty efficient quarterback, though we talked about occasionally will have the, the crucial turnover that they can turn a football game uh, in the direction of the opponent. And I, I, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll go, I'll say now Broncos win tomorrow. I think they run the table here. You know, I, I do. I think they run the table. Think so, huh? I think they win. I think they win all four. I'm going to go. I'm going to go big here. That they, that they run the table. Now, can and they, I? And they get to 11 wins. Can I put that down on the uh, the spreadsheet here for our uh, pigskin picks? Yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Put it on there. I'm all just, right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Lions today. Or I'm going to go with the, the Broncos uh, to beat the Lions. Okay. That's what I meant to say. Because I was going to read Jim's text. And the reason I slipped and said Lions, because good morning, guys. Lions all day. No, no, Jim. Broncos all the way, sir. Steelers need to start winning. Doubtful, I think the locker, doubtful, I think the locker room and the Steelers have, have been lost. Certainly it has been lost with the Chargers after yikes last night's 
absolute uh, woodshedding by the, the Las Vegas Raiders last here's, night. Here's a crazy thought for you. Mark Davis, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, looks at Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, says, hey, hey, Bob, think you, uh, I know you said you were maybe thinking of firing old Bill at the end of the season, but uh, is there any chance you maybe would want to send him our way? We can make a trade, you know, second rounder maybe, first rounder, okay. I could totally actually see that happening. I could see Bill Belichick going to either David Tepper's Carolina Panthers or Mark Davis's Las Vegas Raiders. By season's end, I could see that happening. Bill goes to the Raiders. Bill goes to he, the Raiders. He convinces Brady to come out of retirement. And Who is partial owner. Remember, he has stake now. So you have to, have to probably vest himself of that. I don't know what the league rules are on owning part of a team and as a player playing, and playing that for that team. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But if Mark Davis is smart, he'll stay with Antonio Pierce and see how this goes. Does a guy with it, that haircut radiate smart to you? No, 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 it doesn't. Thank no, you. No, it doesn't. Let's hope he doesn't do the smart thing, which would be to keep Antonio Pierce coaching this football team. All right, uh, 736, uh, before we get to sound check, we're going to bring back also our conversation with Clint Trujillo as the Warrior Classic Wrestling Tournament gets underway this morning at 10 o'clock at its central. Uh, more of a Pacers legend than a Nuggets legend, but he did play for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Indiana Pacers uh, legend and Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer George McGinnis passing away yesterday at the age of 73. He had uh, complications from a cardiac arrest that he suffered at his home been hospitalized uh george mcginnis uh growing up as a kid was one of the, the the top scorers in the nba um he was an indiana basketball legend played he played his high school basketball at george washington high school in indianapolis where he led a team to an undefeated record in the state title there in 1969 he was an indiana mr basketball before he played at indiana university Love the Big Ten in scoring and rebounding as a sophomore. An average 30 points per game and 14 rebounds. Uh, that was his uh, in his only season there before he went to play professional basketball. He went to the ABA when the Pacers remember that. Uh, after he left college, won ABA titles with the Pacers in 72 and 73. Playoff MVP in 73, but uh, wrapped up his career as a member of the Denver Nuggets. And uh, one of four Pacers... Roger Brown, Mel Daniels, Reggie Miller, and McInnes to have his jersey number retired. So uh, remember when the Nuggets got George McInnes, it was kind of a big deal. It's when they saw David, David Thompson and Dan Issel there, and, and Bobby Jones, I believe, was still at the Nuggets at that period of time, but uh, didn't quite live up to the same same kind of numbers, same production that he had as an Indiana Pacer. But uh, George McInnes passing away at the age of 73. All right, it is time for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. TikTok user Ben Synthman rolled out his James Gandolfini slash Tony Soprano impression talking about New York football Giants quarterback Tommy DeVito. Seriously, Carmella. I think Meadow would do good to marry a guy like Tommy DeVito. 
Jersey Kid, good jeans. He's a stout quarterback for the New York Giants, for Christ's sake. His agent's actually a friend of ours. If the football thing don't work out, I'll just bring him into the family business, no problem. Come. Be reasonable. They're calling the kid Tommy Cutlets. Ain't that the sort of thing you want for your daughter? He revived the giant season, is what he did. Three wins in a row. He's a brave Italian-American quarterback. And in this house, Tommy DeVito's a hero. End of story. End of story. End of story. And I love his agent, man. The way the way his agent dresses. <laughs> the agent with the fedora and the uh, chain. Oh, it's it's just it's just priceless, man. I think his name is like St- Stall, not Stiletto, but like it's it's also some like Stellato, I believe. It's Sean Stellato. It's S T E L L A T O. Sean Stellato. Yep. Sean Stellato. Yeah, he uh, he has become quite uh, the sensation. Appeared uh, oh yeah with with the fedora on and everything. Um, the perfect the perfect guy to be Tommy DeVito's agent. I mean, it's like out of out of central this, casting. And here's here's what's great. Here's what's great. Are you ready? I just saw this looking looking up, Mister. Mr. Stilato, you the 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 Don will see you now. Sean Stilato, according to Bleacher Report, one of eight inductees. Yes, yes, he in, is into the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame held in Chicago. <laughs> it seems like I mean Chicago's fine. Should should be Jersey though. You would think <laughs> Franco Harris will go in posthumously. Yes. Also, Priscilla Presley is going to go into that. Getting the uh, Tommy Lasorda Humanitarian Award. Let's see. Okay. And then here's... you got other inductees like uh, Mike Rizzo, the, the GM of the, the Washington Nationals, is going into that as well. Yeah. What? I just, I'm looking at, at these names. We got, we got uh, Missy Bertiotti, a golfer. Lou Nanny, who played for the uh, Minnesota North Stars. Giuseppe Rossi, a soccer star. Uh, Mario Massa, who uh, is a bocce player and will go in. Luis Scripa Jr. Uh, for sports endurance. Not sure exactly what that is, but okay. Don't know either. (laughs) Don't know, but but there you go. There you go, Sean Stellato, one of your 2023 <laughs> Italian American. Which is tonight, by the way. That's it's tonight at the Belvedere in Chicago. He's, he's you know he's got to dress up. Well, he does he's, all the time. So you know he's he's, he's got to look sharp. You got to got to impress. Got to impress the committee. You know. And don't touch the hair. Yeah, don't don't touch the hair. You come to me. And the dad of my daughter is to be wet. Uh. I thought it was funny when, not that it's funny that he passed away, Ryan O'Neill, the actor, they were trying to get him in God, the Godfather film. Oh, really? <laughs> to play one, I don't I, I know, was the Pacino character maybe? or uh, I was just like, really? Ryan O'Neill? That guy? That guy? I don't okay. think so. I don't think so. All right, uh, 743, we'll take a break and we'll come back uh, well, Clint Trujillo joined us yesterday. Central Warriors wrestling coach talking about the Warrior Classic.
We'll bring back that conversation coming up next on The Jim Davis Show. It's your morning sports and more. It's The Jim Davis Show on the team. Welcome back, Jim and Cake today. Who's in the who's in a must-win situation tomorrow with the three NFL games? Also predictions on the Broncos, at the Lions. How do you think the Broncos will finish up with four games left in the season? Text or call us, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Yesterday had the chance to talk with Central Warrior Wrestling Coach Clint Trujillo. Bring that conversation back for you as we preview the Warrior Classic, which starts at 10 o'clock this morning out at Central High School. And Clint Trujillo brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Clint, I appreciate the time. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Thanks for having me on. Got another Warrior Classic starts tomorrow at Central High School. A, a lot of work. You and your staff put a lot of work into this. Josh King and and uh, and, and Tish and the folks out at uh, Central High School uh, and a lot of volunteers help out with this as well. About, about general, how many people are involved in putting together the Warrior Classic? Oh, geez, I can't even count. Tell you the truth, we <laughs> we're actually setting up the gyms right now, and we have uh, quite a few people in there helping out. You know, setting up three mats on each side. And then uh, making sure, I mean, we have to bring down mats and make sure they're all in the right spots and then the tables and everything else. So we're take us all day to probably um, complete this, but sometimes. Absolutely. And so uh, with the Warrior Classic, the 46th edition of the Warrior Classic, that you, you uh, outside of the state wrestling tournament, winning a state championship, winning a Warrior Classic title, it's, it is one of the more prestigious honors a wrestler can, can garner uh, during his career, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it's an incredible accomplishment considering the kind of competition, all classifications that you face to win a Warrior Classic title. Oh, definitely. I know a ton of state champions that have never won the Warrior Classic. I mean, I, um, me personally, I only took second in it twice. I never got a chance to win it. Um, it's just, it's a really tough tournament, you know, from every classification. We have teams from outside the state, the top teams from outside the state. So it is, it's a beast for sure. Looking at uh, the, just we'll start out with the teams coming in. You went uh, they're the defending champion. Uh, they're looking to win a six warrior classic title. And, um, you know, they won their 26 state championship last season. You win it's got to be one of the teams you have to, to, to look at for to, to maybe defend that warrior classic title. Fruta Monument comes in uh, with an impressive resume as well. Uh, as far as the Valley teams kind of uh, give us some of your thoughts about some of the other teams uh, to keep an eye on this weekend uh, that will try to walk away with the Warrior Classic Team Championship? Um, there's a lot of really good teams coming in. Uh, Meeker has all those tough up, upper weights that, you know, they're all real solid. They'll probably make some noise. Um, Cedar Edge has a few um, boys that are definitely going to be up there. Uh, Brush coming over. Uh, they're, you know, really solid. Uh, we added a few new teams like uh, Columbine, Falcon, um Conifer and a few other teams like that. And that Uinta team is, man, they are tough. And they didn't uh, lose much. And they won the wire by quite a bit last year. So it's going to be a battle with them for sure. So it's definitely going to be fun. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you know Brush and, and the 3A ranks, Meeker and the 2A ranks, uh, all those really good upper, cla- upper weight wrestlers that Meeker has, Clint. And then you've got North Fork. They're 7th and 2A right now. And you referenced Cedar Edge. They're, they're fourth right now in 2A. So 
uh, once again, shows the strength of, regardless of classification, the strength of Western Slope Wrestling with some of those schools uh, that are from this side of the hill that'll that'll be very much in contention for a, a Warrior Classic title. Oh, for sure. They're, you know, I think like a lot of big schools come here and then they just think like, you know, a lot of small A schools will be here, but there's so many solid individuals, you know, throughout all these schools that, it, again, it's just tough. It's tough no matter what weight class you're in. Um, yeah, pretty prestigious if you're able to pull off a first place here at the Classic. So pretty exciting. Central Warrior Wrestling Coach Clint Trujillo with us. The Warrior Classic gets underway tomorrow morning out at Central High School. Uh, one of your guys, Eli Hernandez, uh, Clint, uh, uh, finished third last year, looking to, to come away with, with that thing that his coach didn't get, a Warrior Classic title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Uh, right now, he's, I think he's 14-0 and zero right now. He ran into some pretty tough kids up in um, Utah. We've been to two big tournaments up there in Utah so far and um, a lot of the top kids over there. And he's um, been pretty dominant this entire time. And he's looking really sharp. Uh, he has a great attitude, but works his tail off. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I think he should be up there very top somewhere, for sure. And and you look at some of your other uh, wrestlers that, uh, uh, that have had good starts to the season. Uh, William Dean at 132. Uh, Hassan Mains at 150. Kind of take us through uh, how some of your other guys are, are performing right now. Uh, we're, let's see. Like, uh, starting from the ball, we actually get our six-pounder back, which is really nice. He hasn't been in the lineup yet because of his descent plan. Um, but he, uh, Michael Batista, he's a pretty solid kid. We're hoping that, you know, he comes out with a medal. Um, of course, J.P. Espinoza at 113s. Um, defending Warrior Classic champion. And he he has one loss against one of the state champions um, in Utah, but he's beaten, I think he beat two other state champions this um, past couple of weeks too. So he's been wrestling really solid as well. Um, we have another senior at 120s. I think he's going to do a really good job. Dominic uh, Ortiz, uh, 32, as you just mentioned. Um, uh, Tristan Dean, you know, took six in the state uh, as a senior, and he'd been wrestling really tough. And, you know, wrestling with Eli and Hayson and all those guys, you know, just really pushing each other. I mean, all of them are improving quite a bit, so it's going to be really fun with them. Um, keep going up. We have uh, a junior that just came back with us, um, Zeke, uh, Trevor Zeke, which Tyler's, little brother we just graduated Tyler last week last year um then we have uh 44's uh Jordan Willie and he's been actually wrestling really tough he, he's really picked it up from this summer till now I've been really been impressed like what he's been accomplishing so far this year and Hayson uh just look at 150 he's been looking pretty like I don't think anyone's even scored a point on him unless he's cut him. Like he's taken on every kid, and he's wrestled some really tough kids so far, and he's undefeated so far this year. And then as we keep going up, I mean, um, let's see here, 165. Uh, we have a little brother, uh, Dylan Ortiz, is his first year on varsity and trying really hard and doing a good job. Uh, 75s. Uh, we actually have a young man that became eligible 
Um, he hasn't had a match so far his high school career, but he's been working his tail off in the classroom, and we finally get to see him on the mat, and I'm really excited for him, um, Jeremy Griffith. And then um, at 190s, we have an older brother, or not older brother, twin brothers of Willie's, um, so Jaden Willie, and he's going to be wrestling this for the first time. Um, pretty excited for him. And 215s, we have a freshman there that, you know, does a good job, tries hard, and pushes everyone. And then we uh, finish our lineup up with uh, Zach Knowles. And senior, a great leader, great attitude, and um, we're hoping for him to get, you know, something in the state tournament, of course, uh, get himself a medal over there, and then we're starting it off right now. So. All right, that's uh, Clint Trujillo, coach of the uh, Central Warriors wrestling team, the Warrior Classic. Gets underway this morning, 10 o'clock, over at uh, Central High School. So, uh, like we've talked about this week, Easton of the Valley is really hopping this week with high school sports, Palisade Winter Classic basketball tournaments for the boys and the girls. And, of course, the Warrior Classic starts this morning at 10 o'clock. And you can get your tickets out at Central High School for that. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2 around the NFL. Should mention that uh, Jackson Wilson uh, not available to join us today's uh, on the IR. We'll be back with you next hour. 